Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. NFL, fantasy, college. Man, this guy does it all. Oh, my goodness. That may be the greatest catch I've ever seen. Time to check in with Rotowire.com's football guru, John McKechnie. Fantasy football is my religion. On In The Zone. Welcome back to the show. Brandon Kravitz here along with Stefan and our guest, John McKechnie, NFL fantasy analyst at rotowire.com. You can find him on SiriusXM's fantasy channel on Fridays and Saturdays. You can follow him on Twitter as well, at John's underscore tailgate. And text in your questions for John right now, 50857. John, how is uh, Election Day up in your neck of the woods? I saw Biden just won Wisconsin, so there you go. Yes, it's a beautiful day here in Wisconsin. Uh, it is like 70 degrees. I can't even like believe that this is happening right now. So, I mean, it, usually it's like starting to become the tundra up here around this time of year. So, uh, I'm, I'm in very, very high spirits right now. Well, that's good. We won't keep you too long, let you enjoy the great outdoors in beautiful Wisconsin. And before we get to the fantasy stuff, uh, we were, well, I didn't even get to this topic yet on the show. We've been pushing it back and back, but, uh, Daniel Jones was impressive at times uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Giants are in an interesting spot. They would draft second now if the season were to end today, and chances are they'll be around that spot. We know Trevor Lawrence is going to go first, but now it looks like I'm seeing up to three quarterbacks outside of Trevor Lawrence that could end up going top ten. Zach Wilson's name is being mentioned. Um, Trey Lance and Justin Fields we already knew about. What can you tell me about Zach Wilson and and Trey Lance? Like, where, where do you think they actually factor into the grand scheme of what we're going to see by the time we get to the draft, which is so far away? But teams like the Giants and the Falcons and the Cowboys, they're going to have decisions to make. Yeah, Wilson's really interesting. He's done uh, a number for himself as far as his draft stock uh, this season. I mean, he comes in, you know, he's 6'3", 210. Um, has shown some mobility in the past, but um, had some kind of inconsistent seasons, had some had some uh, bumps and bruises along the way his first couple of years. But he's been completely automatic this year, just totally in control of that BYU offense. A 19-2 touchdown to interception. He's going at 11.1 yards per attempt. That is elite, uh, completing almost 75% of his passes. So he's got a great blend of um you know that sort of gunslinger mentality and also he can change up those arm angles to kind of make all the different types of throws uh a little mahomes light in that sense so he can really he can really uh sling the ball um and he's got some some ability to move around and make plays on his own as well and, and extend stuff so wilson has definitely made himself a lot of money um this year and then with lance he's another guy who uh came into the year as the you know the lock to be that number three guy behind Lawrence and Fields didn't do as well in his one showcase game. I don't think you can take too too much from that. 
But at the same time, you would be investing a first-round pick in a guy who really only had one full season of starting experience at North Dakota State. That would make me a little bit uneasy about taking the plunge on him versus someone like Wilson. Do you think someone like Mac Jones is going to end up as a first-round pick out of Alabama? I don't think he should. I mean, Mac Jones... Uh, far far better than anyone could have expected, you know, having come in for Tua last year and finishing strong and then uh, really playing at an elite level this year. I just tend to think that Alabama's offense has everything set up so easy for him to where he's not really asked to make the most challenging throws in the world just because his receivers tend to be wide open. He, you know, the defenses are always on their heels against Alabama. He does exactly what he should be doing. I, I don't think that um, you know, things are out of structure that the Mac Jones can really create on his own. So he, he's great for the current system, but I think when it gets a lot tougher at the NFL level compared to where he's facing right now, I, I don't really see him uh, making a, a great jump. I think that he can be like a, a kind of like a classic Alabama quarterback, you know, pre-Tua era. So like an A.J. McCarron or a Greg McElroy type of game manager who at the, at the NFL level after putting up good numbers in college. You know, speaking of Tua, he—he's sort of—he was tough to gauge in a way. It was what you saw from him? He looked the part, and 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 you know, you look at, at what he was able to do in college, and everything. All of his attributes line up to he's going to be a good NFL quarterback. But a lot of the same things can be said, and that's why it's tough to evaluate Alabama quarterbacks in general because they look so good at Alabama. And then they go to the NFL, and it's a completely different situation. Do you see any of that in Tua? And I know it's just one game, but is there any concern on your part that he is possibly a, a the same sort of product of that system? I mean, it, it's definitely something that it's going to be a point of conversation until he proves otherwise. Because you know, uh, just ninety three yards on, on twenty two passes—that's not going to get it done. I mean, that's under five yards per attempt. Um, so that that's really a non-starter, but at the same time, that was a very tough setup. I know they were coming out of the bye, but uh, the Rams are playing an unbelievable brand of defense right now. Very, very complex. So I'm sure what what, uh, Tua was seeing back there was far and away the most complex type of of defensive scheme that that he's gone against in his football career. So um, I understand where the pressure's on Tua a little bit more now because Justin Herbert, who was picked right after him, has kind of already become a star, and Joe Burrow looks like he's going to be that next guy um, in Cincinnati. So there, there's some added pressure on Tua. I still stick by my initial evaluation. He's got the tools. He's got the, the kind of feel for the game to where I think he will end up being a successful NFL starter. I think his, his first start being against the Rams was a really tough draw. I think we, we need to give him uh, the rest of the season to kind of really evaluate against where we had him coming into the year. Yeah, and I'm with you. I just think that right now with a very limited sample size, there are some question marks there. I'm curious to see what he looks like against the Arizona Cardinals. In a league where, and this is ridiculous and you should never uh, do this if you're a fantasy commissioner and if you're listening out there, I'm talking to you. Uh, I'm in one league where you're restricted to two waiver moves per, uh, for, per playing period, so per week. And I have Tua, as I got all excited last week, and I'm out of waiver moves. So uh, here we go. Firing up Tua this week. (laughs) It's Tua time for me. So hopefully it works out. We'll see. I got Joe Burrow on a bye. It is what it is. So let's look at some injuries. Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, Zach Ertz, 
Christian McCaffrey looks like he's coming back, so I think I can take him off that list. But with those other three guys, Chubb, Eckler, and Ertz, when do you expect these guys back? Um, I think Chubb has a realistic chance of being back after his bye week. He, he's uh, or The Browns are off this week, so I think he has a very realistic chance of being back week 10 against Houston. That would be a really, really favorable matchup to get him back for, so I like his chances there. Um, when it comes to Zach Ertz, um, you know, he is on, on injured reserve, so he still has to finish out his window of being on, on IR. They're on bye again this week, so I think that window should open while they start to practice um, next week. So he's a possibility to be back week 10 as well against the Giants. That would obviously be a huge uh, bonus for him. Um, Eckler, you know, he had that tough hamstring injury. Um, our latest thing on him was from like a week, from about two weeks ago. It said that he was nowhere close. There hasn't been anything since then. The Chargers have already had their bye. So I'm guessing late into November, maybe like Thanksgiving weekend for Eckler. So a little bit longer of a timetable for him. And the way that Justin Jackson and Josh Kelly have kind of cobbled together a pretty decent backfield combo in the meantime, it it kind of affords the Chargers to be very patient with Eckler, who they just gave a contract to over the summer. Uh, Looking at the Ravens' backfield, J.K. Dobbins had his own version of a breakout game. Gus Edwards also got his and scored some fantasy points. Mark Ingram, don't know when he's going to get back into the fold, but you got to like what you see out of J.K. Dobbins. Do you think it could be the Dobbins show for the rest of the year, or are you not that optimistic? Um, it was, you know, it was one game, and it was a game where there was no Mark Ingram. So it's tough to truly weigh it out, but I think at the same time. If you have a dude that uh, can average what he did, like seven and a half yards per carry against the Steelers as a rookie, and look as impressive as he did, you can't put that. You can't put the Ferrari back in the garage. Like I think you've got to have Dobbins be a significant part of this rushing attack moving forward. He didn't have a single game with double-digit rushes before this past weekend, where where Mark Ingram was injured. Like they they need to get him more involved. They need to have him uh, playing more than half the snaps especially considering you know how Ingram had performed with, with the heavy workload earlier this season, just not nearly as good on the returns or, or nearly as good as he was um, a year ago. So I think that um, I'm still having reservations for Edwards being a reliable fantasy option. I think he's, he's going to continue to be good on a per-carry basis, but I can't really see him projecting for much more than like eight carries per game once Ingram's back. So Dobbins, I think the green light is on for the rest of the way. Edwards, I'm not quite as sure of, even though I really think that he is a very you know, talented player playing very well. I just think that there's too many other carries to go around uh, to Dobbins, to Ingram, to even Lamar Jackson for Ingram or for Edwards to be really consistent for you. So from one confusing backfield to another, and the Ravens play the Colts this week, Jonathan Taylor, it was like, okay, here we go, off the bye week. Everything's set up for the rest of the season. Taylor's going to be an absolute monster. He scores four fantasy points, and the other two guys were excellent in this football game. Now Frank Reich tells us that there's an ankle injury, and he didn't know about it, so there's all this confusion of, okay, well, if you didn't know about it, then that wasn't really the reason why you were giving the ball to these other guys. How do you feel about where Jonathan Taylor specifically is at this point in the year? Is he a buy low? Do you... Are you just you're not going to drop him? But do you think he could still be a breakout for the rest of the year? I'm having my concerns, and you know this is a guy who I really you know hitched my wagon to. I mean, 
I see, I saw him all three years at Wisconsin, obviously up close. Uh, I thought that everything in his prospect profile, plus getting to run behind this Indiana or Indianapolis offensive line, it was like, okay, this is like a no brainer. This can't miss. And to be, you know, you have to be completely honest with it and, and unbiased and just admit that he hasn't been as good this year at relative to expectations. And now he's got that ankle concern. Um, and guys like Naeem Hines and Jordan Wilkins seem to be, you know, more than capable enough of handling some work. So I don't think that we're going to see Jonathan Taylor continue to have like a stranglehold on that backfield the rest of the way if those other guys are playing well. And Taylor, again, for his own right, not breaking tackles. He's in the fifth percentile among running backs in broken tackle rate. Yards after contact, uh, very, very poor score in that. And those are two things that I think anyone that was evaluating him coming out of Wisconsin were, were strengths of his. So those haven't shown up on Sundays yet. And with all that in mind, like I, I think that Jonathan Taylor has dropped into like low-end flex territory in standard formats, and I, I don't feel great about starting him uh, this week and even moving forward, honestly. Yeah, I think you have to see it before you can throw him back in your lineup if you have the ability to do that. John McKechnie, fantasy analyst at rotowire.com. You can catch him on the SiriusXM Fantasy Channel on Fridays and Saturdays as well. Text in any questions you may have. We'll hit him at the back end of this conversation, which wraps up in a couple of minutes. Five zero eight five seven, and we've got some already lined up. Okay, I want to move to, as we do every week, waiver wire finds. And we're going to do something a little bit different. So I want you to grade how excited you are about these guys that people ran to the waiver wire for, and you woke up this morning, and before you even found out who the president was, because we don't know yet, you saw that you got the guys you wanted on the waiver wire. I want you to rate them from one to five fire emojis, and I'm going to tweet these out. So I'll right. give you the name. You tell me. One is I'm not that excited. Five is I'm freaking out. I'm so excited this guy's on my fantasy team. DJ Dallas, one to five fire emojis. Um, a three. I think that he'll produce as long as those other Seattle running backs are banged up. I think that he performed extremely well this past Sunday, so – I think as like a short-term streamer, I like him a lot. There's just probably not going to be a ton of utility down the stretch for him. But in the meantime, definitely excited enough to have him at three. We talked about Jonathan Taylor. What about the guy that runs alongside of him, Jordan Wilkins? Um, I, I would put him as a three as well. You know, Jonathan Taylor is still in the fold. Naeem Hines still eats up some of that um, pass-catching work. But Wilkins, you know, can uh, – he's an athletic player. He's – Hasn't uh, done well with his opportunities in the past, but I, I think that there's reason to be moderately excited about him, so I'll, I'll give him a three. Jordan Reed, who is being activated off of IR, I believe, for the San Francisco 49ers. I give that a four. Um, the only thing that, that's stopping it from being a five is Reed's injury history. Like you already mentioned, he's coming off IR. Uh, the, the Niners have had just the worst injury luck this year, but uh, they... They're moving off of Jimmy Garoppolo for right now because he's injured. Uh, we've seen how this offense functions when there's no um, Garoppolo back there. It all funnels to the tight end. Now that George Kittle's out, I think that Jordan Reed is going to be pushing for some of the highest target shares among tight ends uh, for as long as he can stay on the field. So I give him a four. Sterling Shepard of the New York Giants. Um, a three. Um, you know, he's a, he's a good player, but uh, Darius Slayton and Golden Tate are also good players. So, um, you know, he, he's going to get his. Uh, I think Daniel Jones is a limiting factor. Um, I think that he's uh, Shepard kind of like a low-end wide receiver three the rest of the way. 
Drew Locke as a streamable quarterback this week against the Atlanta Falcons? Against the Falcons, I'll, I'll buy it. Um, again, I think you phrased it right, where it's a, it's a short-term thing. It's a, it's a streamer. If, um, if you're missing your quarterback on a bye week or your quarterback's injured, I think you can definitely fit lock in and, and get what you need um, from him. But it, you're not going to be starting him da- down the stretch, I, I wouldn't think. So th- this is just a short-term you know, kind of Band-Aid on your quarterback problem. Not bad. You didn't give anybody a one or a two, so there's a lot of optimism there. Let's get to the text line real quick and wrap this up. Pick two, Terry McLaurin, Stefan Diggs, Will Fuller. Which two do you like? Um, McLaurin and Diggs, it's, it's hard to go away from Fuller. Uh, you know, we know that the boom potential that, that he has, he's going up against Jacksonville. So I will go Diggs and Fuller. How about Devin Singletary or James White? And they, they had to preface this by saying, I know this isn't good. <laughs> uh, that is correct. They have a very, uh, <laughs> correct evaluation on where their running back situation is. Uh, it's Singletary for me. Uh, I know that James White always has that PPR upside, but I think Singletary going up against that Seattle defense, it gives up tons of points to everybody. Uh, it's got to be Singletary for me. All right, we'll end on this one. Aaron Rodgers or Justin Herbert this week? I love that we're having this conversation, but um, let's see. I mean, it's Rodgers going against San Francisco on a short week versus you know Herbert going up against Vegas. Give me Herbert. Give me a little bit of rushing yards. Give me that that uh, deep ball ability um, in it in an easier matchup. So I'll take and yeah, and it's at home, I believe. So it yeah, is all of yeah. that. Um, so yeah, give me Justin Herbert this week over Aaron Rodgers. What a what a wild statement and a, and a weird spread by the way. The Chargers are favored by a point and a half against uh, against the Raiders coming off that win against the Cleveland Browns. Thanks so much, man. John McHackney, catch him at RotoWire dot com and on Twitter at John's underscore tailgate. Always appreciate it, man. Enjoy the rest of the day. That beautiful weather you've got up there. Much appreciated. Have a great rest of your week. Thanks again. That's a happy guy right there. John McKechnie, rotowire.com, who just can't wait. He's probably frolicking in the fields right now of Wisconsin and uh, biking trails, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> People in Wisconsin deserve a good frolic right about now. I think so. Yeah. And they uh, they just wrapped up their portion of the election. M- Michigan, Biden has claimed Michigan Yes, is the latest news to come out, so things not looking good for... Uh, the the Trump campaign, but you know Trump is still holding in Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and Georgia. But those three states have yet to finalize their numbers, so you can't quite claim those states yet. Um, but he did kind of need Michigan, and some people are calling Michigan to Biden now. So. I, I did. I saw where the where they're going to call for a Wisconsin recount. Too, yeah, they're definitely so. going to do the recount, and they're about to file a lawsuit in Pennsylvania. So I, wish I mean, I, I think we're winning Pennsylvania, which I don't kind of get. Well, we'll we'll know b- uh, probably right before Christmas who the president is. <laughs> exactly. That's my guess. We're going to go fantasy versus reality. We'll do that one next. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.